Hello there, and welcome to the 31st episode of Blue Jays World Update. I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and let's get you up to date. So on this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about the recent rumors surrounding the Blue Jays as the off-season hot stove is starting to heat up once again. And then I'm also going to be talking about a rumor about how the Blue Jays may have some interest and adding one of the best, arguably the best catcher to their team. So let's get into it. All right, so for most people, they probably missed this rumor when it happened late Sunday night, early Monday morning, however that, however that translates to you. But it's significant because we may have gotten some clarity on what the Blue Jays are planning to do with their infield this offseason. So let me get to the rumor first. So during Sunday night, early Sunday morning, JP Morosi, John Paul Morosi from MLB Network, Fox Sports, reported that the Blue Jays have a strong interest in Colton Wong if they fail to land DJ LeMahieu in free agency. Now for the past few weeks, there's been numerous rumors about the Blue Jays having interest in DJ LeMahieu, and who could blame them because he's a clear and obvious fit for them, would make them so much better in so many different ways. But there's no way the Yankees are gonna let LeMahieu walk. That's not gonna happen. He's their MVP. So, that means the Blue Jays are probably gonna have to, I don't wanna say settle, but they're going to have to sign Wong, if that's their choosing, because they're not gonna get LeMahieu. But, that's not a terrible thing, because if you remember, if we rewind back to the end of the Blue Jays season, one of the major things Ross Atkins said in his end of this season presser was the Blue Jays want to improve their run prevention. They want to improve their defense. How do they do that? Well, they add a defensive first infielder in Colton Wong. Now, because he plays second base, a lot of the fan base have started to wonder what that means for Captain Biggio. I've gotten some questions on Twitter about could he be on the move? Sure. That's certainly a possibility. I'm not gonna argue any to anyone that moving Kevin Captain Biggio isn't an option. It's 2020, everything's on the table. But Cam Biggio is not getting traded because he's far too valuable to the team. Not only at the plate, but also in, in the field because of his versatility. And that's what is going to happen if the Blue Jays sign Colton Wong because Colton Wong only plays second base. That's his primary position. He doesn't really play anywhere else. He spent a little bit of time in the outfield in 2016, but he's a second baseman. He's not gonna be moved away from that spot. So if he's signed by the, Blue, by the Blue Jays, that's where he's gonna play. So for Captain Biggio, that means he's gonna probably be bouncing it around throughout the entire 
entire field, not just in the infield. Because even if the Blue Jays sign Wong, that doesn't mean Biggio is not going to ever play second base again. Wong can't play there for 162 games. That's completely unreasonable to say. So, Biggio will probably spend a short time at second base moving forward. Probably play the majority of the 2021 season at third base. But he'll absolutely bounce around in the outfield too. Probably spend some time in right field, left field. Heck, maybe even some time in center field too. Because they've tested him out numerous times out in center field so I don't see why they wouldn't send him back out there for a few games moving forward as well does that make the Blue Jays better defensively I would say so yeah because Colton Wong doesn't provide you much at the plate although he did improve his ability to strike out less this past season and his contract metrics are pretty impressive. 311 BAP this past season. But what the best part about Colt Wong's game is his defense. 2018 at second base, he had a plus, o, plus 11 OAA. In 2019, had a plus 8 OAA at second base. This past season, small sample size, but he had a plus 2 OAA. And it's not like Kevin Biggio has been bad at second base defensively. It's just Colton Wong's better than him. So it adds a really nice block or building block at second base who can hopefully help improve Bichette's defense as well, which would also be nice. And, you know, throwing Kevin Biggio over at third base primarily because we need to have Cap Biggio in the lineup regularly and he's not going to get that at second base and really the only open spot that's left is third base so he's probably going to spend most of his time over there gonna have to improve his arm strength a little bit to at least help him over there but if he can provide the Blue Jays a little bit over average defense at third base and maybe average in the outfield as well and above average at second base the Blue Jays are a better defensive team moving forward if they sign Wong and he also provides them with the left-handed hitter in their lineup as well which they didn't really struggle with last year they had a decent helping of left-handed hitters in their lineup last season but it never hurts to have another lefty on on your team so while he's just turned 30 years old. I think Colton Wong's still got a lot left in him. Again, like I said, you can't expect much from him at the plate, but if he can get on base consistently at a decent pace, like he did this past season, it wasn't great, but you can't argue with a 9.6 walk rate compared to a 14.4% strikeout rate, and a 311 BAP isn't terrible either. And in 2019, over his full season, he had a 334 weighted on base average and a 108 weighted runs created plus score. So he can be at least average at the plate and get on base at the bottom of the Blue Jays lineup 
turn it over for guys like Bichette, Biggio, put them in run producing situations during middle and late game situations, and he can be helpful at the plate and in the field. So it's not like adding Colton Wong is a bad thing for the Blue Jays. And for anyone who thinks this means Kevin Biggio is on the way out, like I said, that's not happening. It, this move would just make them better and more flexible defensively. So now let me get into this other rumor about the Blue Jays because this one wasn't really shocking, but it was also at the same time a little bit curious, I would say, because last week, the Blue Jays were reported to have significant interest in JT Romuto. Now, adding one of the best, if not the best catcher in the major leagues to your team is never a bad thing. In fact, it would probably make the Blue Jays significantly better behind the plate and in the batter's box too from the catcher's position because like I said JT, JT Romuto is the top of the charts like you don't get any better than adding him to your team but the Blue Jays are so deep and young at the catcher's position I don't see them spending over a hundred million dollars at that position when they have so many other holes to fill. You know, why spend a hundred million dollars on the catcher's position when you could spend close to that getting a premier center fielder like George Springer? You know, it just doesn't add up. And if you were to sign somebody like JT Romuto, what does that mean for someone like Danny Jansen? Because Danny Jansen, however you may feel about him, is projected to be the Blue Jays' starting catcher next season. Now, I know he's had his issues at the plate, but he's phenomenal defensively. And because he started building a relationship with Hunjin Ryu, he's not going anywhere. So, another layer you can add on to that is that if the Blue Jays were to sign JT Romuto, and I don't think they will, but if they did, Reese McGuire is out, and Alejandro Kirk is probably traded. Because Kirk is not that far away from staying at the major league level. You know, in a, in a normal season, if the minor league season returns in 2021, Alejandro Kirk starting in the air at AAA. Right? I know that may be a, a bit of a jump based on the fact that in the minor leagues, he hasn't played above high A, but... He was pretty impressed in the major league, so I don't see why there would be any sense to send him to double A. So 
So I think if the minor league season returns, he's starting the year with the Bisons and someone who, who he could learn from, which would be a good mentor, even though he's only 24, would be Riley Adams. Because while he is, isn't one of the top prospects within the Blue Jays system, Riley Adams is a very good defensive catcher, and he did start to show some pop at the plate as well. So if both of those guys start the year at AAA in 2021, that provides the Blue Jays so much depth, just one level down from the major leagues. Then they have even more depth if you go even further into their minor league system. You know, they have somebody like Gabriel Moreno. I hope I pronounced his last name right. And they have guys even further below him because the Blue Jays drafted a catcher in the 2019 draft. And they also just recently signed an international uh, catcher as well in Victor Victor Mesa. So... You know, below Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire, the Blue Jays probably have close to five solid catching prospects. So I don't see why they would feel the need to add somebody like JT Real Muto. That being said, If Danny Jansen is going to be the Blue Jays starting catcher long term, he needs to start producing consistently at the plate. And I know he kind of got snake bitten by the whole pandemic, which a lot of players did. But Danny Jansen specifically made some adjustments at the plate over the 2019 offseason and then came into this past spring with a lot more confidence at the plate and looked pretty well during spring training as well. And then you have the shutdown. Then you have the two and a half weeks of spring training 2.0 in Toronto, which was laughable at best. So that didn't really help him prepare. But he did show some progress at the plate. He improved his walk rate to a career high 14.3%. Kept his strikeout rate around 20% with 21.1. And he added some more pop, producing a 175 ISO and a 358 slugging. Had a, a six home runs over his 147 plate appearances, but his contact metrics went down the toilet. Had just a 190 BAP, a 183 average. So that area of his game, he needs to work on over the offseason. And it also didn't help, too, that he struggled mightily, mightily against left-handed pitchers. For, and for a right-handed hitter, that's not supposed to happen. But in Jansen's case, over his 48 plate appearances against left-handed pitchers, he generated a 25% strikeout rate. 
just a 10.4% walk rate, a 103 average, a 217 on base percentage, a 205 slugging, a 423 OPS, a 103 ISO, a 111 BAP, just a 20 weighted runs create a plus score, a 200 WOBA, just a 17.9% line drive rate, a 39.3% ground ball rate, which isn't concerning when you first look at it, but for Jansen, that was a career high. And he also produced just a 16.7% hard hit rate. So for whatever reason, I know it's a small sample size, but Danny Jansen became a liability against left-handed pitching this past season. And it's not like he's been great historically against lefties, but the Blue Jays can't afford to have him in the lineup against left-handed pitchers if he's going to continue to hit like that. And again, for a right-handed hitter, you're supposed to produce better against lefties. And you're supposed to be a little bit worse against righties. But Jansen's reverse splits were actually brutal. And that can happen moving forward. Because if he's going to be the starting catcher for this team, he needs to be able to hit consistently against both righties and lefties. But he did put up an interesting postseason. Homering twice in one game. Didn't matter, but it's still interesting. And it further shows you that he's starting to tap into the power aspect of his game. Because he had 13 home runs in 2019 with a 153 ISO. So if Danny Jansen is able to maintain these metrics over a full 162 game season, he could certainly hit at least 20 home runs without question and have nearly a 200 ISO. And if he's able to translate that impressive walk rate over a full season, I think he's got a good chance of having a very productive 2020 campaign, 2021 campaign, excuse me. And as for his defense, it did take a bit of a step backward this past season. But again, it was over a small sample size, but he did have a negative four DRS. Not alarming, but he also had a zero frame score compared to, or according to fan graphs as well. So again, it was just, 342 innings at the plate, but it's something to keep an eye on moving forward because historically with Danny Jansen, he's been a very good defensive catcher, specifically in 2019. He was outstanding at framing pitches, throwing runners out, and that didn't really translate into this past season. But again, he really got snake bitten by the whole pandemic, the stopping and starting, the small sample size. It was a rough situation for him to be in, and hopefully that only lasts for one year. Because if we go into 2021, and like we all assume the Blue Jays won't sign 
somebody like JT Romuto or even someone like James McCann, who's considered the second top catching player on the free agent market right now. And if they go into next season with Danny Jansen as a starting backstop and he continues to struggle, then next winter is where the Blue Jays may have to explore the idea of adding a impact catcher behind the plate. Now, I broke down Danny Jansen's stats. What do we make of Reese McGuire? Because he definitely had an interesting start to the season. And I don't mean interesting in a good way. Because we all know, or at least you heard of, of his off-field incident during spring training where he got caught masturbating in his own van in a parking lot down in Florida. And that basically set the tone for his 2020 campaign. Because it did not go well at all. Which was very disappointing considering how well he performed in 2019 over his 30 game small sample size of hitting five home runs with a 227 ISO, a 324 BAP, a 364 WOBA, a 128 weighted runs create a plus, and a 1.2 Fangrass war rating. So heading into this season, most people were expecting Reese McGuire to carry those encouraging offensive metrics over this 60 game season. But that didn't happen. In fact, Reese McGuire only lasted 19 games before he got passed over by Alejandro Kirk. And it's blatantly obvious why. Reese McGuire, over his 45 plate appearances, only hit one home run, didn't have a single walk, and struck out 11 different times resulting in a 24.4% strikeout rate. His power metrics fell off the table as he only had a zero or a .073 ISO, just a .069 BAP, an embarrassing slashing line of .073, .073, and an ISO of 220. And he also had a WOBA of 0.091. He had, get this, a negative 54 way to runs create a plus score, which means he was 54% below zero and 100 is the league average. So he was 154% below the league average. That is not good. That's not good at all. And he had a negative 0.7 Fangraphs war rating. So it's clear why the Blue Jays took him off the field and out of their rotation. Because he wasn't having 
a lick of success. And his launch angle went haywire as well. I don't know where it went. I don't know what happened to his swing. But in 2019, he had an average launch angle of 13.2 degrees. In 2020, that went all the way down to 1.5 degrees. His average exit velocity dropped from 86.7 miles per hour in 2019, all the way down to 82.1. Had a hard hit rate of just 14.7%. A line drive rate of just 10.3%. And a ground ball rate of 65.5%. So basically, when he did put the ball in play, and that wasn't that often. It was weekly hit ground balls. Which never leads to success. Unless you have an insane amount of speed. Which Reese McGuire does not. Now, defensively, he was basically average. Maybe a below, below average with his framing. Which is reasonable for Reese McGuire because he's an offensive first catcher. Throughout his entire professional career, the Blue Jays have been trying to improve his, improve his defensive skills, which have gotten better since, or compared to when the Blue Jays acquired him those seasons ago in their amazing trade, swapping Drew Hutchinson for Francisco Liriano, Reese McGuire, and Harold Ramirez. One of the best trades Shapiro and Atkins have ever pulled off. Um, but getting back to his 2020 performance, I just don't know what happened. Whether it was a mental thing, I'm sure it was. I'm sure that played into it. I just, nothing went right for Reese McGuire this past season. And similar to Jansen, I'm sure the stopping and starting did not help him. Especially because we got to remember, after that incident happened with him in spring training, he didn't really play all that much during the first version of spring training. So basically, he played for about, I don't know, a week, week and a half after having that embarrassing incident. Then the pandemic happens. Then he has to shut things down for four months or five months then he comes back gets two and a half weeks to prepare for a 60 game sprint and he falls flat on his face you know when you hear that you kind of understand as to why he had a horrible horrible 2020 campaign now I'm not defending him I'm just trying to give all of you a better understanding of why Reese maybe fell off the face of the earth this past season. Is that going to continue into 2021? I hope not. Based on his prior stats, it shouldn't. But Reese McGuire now has some competition. Because if he falters again in 2021... The Blue Jays are not going to hesitate again 
to send him out of their organization because he's out of minor league options. And considering somebody would have to keep him on their major league roster, I feel very confident, and I'm sure the Blue Jays feel this way as well, that he would probably pass through waivers if they DFA'd him. Is that fair to Reese? Yeah, it is. Because if the Blue Jays allow him to start the season on their roster next season, and they give him, say, a month, let's say, hypothetically, 2021 campaign gets off with no hitches at the end of March, and the Blue Jays give him to the end of April. That's your deadline. If you don't earn your spot, you're gone. And if he doesn't perform, he's only got himself to blame. Because the Blue Jays gave him an opportunity to prove himself in 18, he did. In 19, he did. In 2020, fell flat on his face. 2021, if he does again, that might be the end of the road for Reese McGuire. Because like I said earlier, the Blue Jays have a deep system ready to take over if needed. And based on the way Alejandro Kirk performed at the plate during his short stint with the Blue Jays in 2021, he's not far. He's not far. He's going to work on his defense, maybe lose a bit of weight, doesn't have to, but it would help. He looks like he's going to be a quality player at the major leagues. And for a guy like Reese McGuire, that's somebody who's pushing you. And Riley Adams isn't far out of that equation either. Because he had a strong finish to the 2019 campaign. And if he performs well at AAA next season, he's going to be knocking on the door as well. So, it's time to prove yourself, Reese. Because you're running out of time. Now. Could the Blue Jays sign a catcher this offseason? Absolutely. And I think they have to. Just to provide them a little bit more depth at the major league level. But. They're not going to sign one of the top catchers. They're not even going to sign the third best catcher in free agency. It's probably going to be someone similar to Caleb Joseph. I don't think they need to bring back Caleb Joseph just because from a competitive standpoint, Caleb Joseph's career is over. You know, he was passed over by Alejandro Kirk on the depth chart this past season. And he basically became their emergency catcher slash bullpen catcher slash players coach. Now that was helpful, but I think the Blue Jays need someone more. I think if they were to sign somebody like Austin Romine, Tyler Flowers, Sandy Leone, Matt Weeders, even Drew Bruchera, Josh Fegley, somebody of that caliber who without question is a backup catcher, but they have a veteran presence, 
could provide leadership to Danny Jansen, Reese McGuire, even to guys like Riley Adams and Kirk in spring training as well. And none of those guys are going to cost anything. If, if, if anything, the Blue Jays may be able to get one of those guys on a minor league deal with an invite to spring training, just like they gave Caleb Joseph. And if they're able to show that they can play however long spring training lasts, I think they would have a good shot at making the roster, especially because if Reese McGuire doesn't perform well in spring training, then he may not even make the team and he may get passed over once again by a veteran catcher. So I think the Blue Jays will add to their catching position, catching position, but I don't think it's going to be somebody like JT Realmuto or even James McCann, but they are going to be better at that spot. They need to be offensively and defensively. They have to improve. They can't settle for a below average, especially if they want to make the playoffs again next year. And we all know they do. And the fan base is craving for that as well. Because while the Blue Jays got swept by the Rays, the Blue Jays provided a lot of, I want to say, hope when they made the playoffs. Especially considering how this season started, where they basically played without a home. They're able to do that again, but actually win a game or even a series in the playoffs. It's going to add a lot of hype to this fan base moving forward. And that's what we all want, right? We want the Blue Jays back in the playoffs, back being a championship contender. Is that going to happen 2021? Probably not. Probably not. But... They're building towards that. And we, know we, and we know they can get there because they have the young core to do it. They have the payroll flexibility to do it. And they have the right leaders at the wheel to lead them to that point. So it's only a matter of time until they get there. So that does it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed my... Breakdown of Colton Wong, explaining the situation regarding Kevin Biggio, breaking down the massive development behind the plate, and hopefully we get some more news regarding the Blue Jays in the near future, because the way this is heading, it seems like the Blue Jays could make a move in a matter of weeks. But until next time, I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and now you're up to date. And please remember, wear a mask. Thanks for listening.